Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome everybody to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name's Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. We come to you just about every week, unless somebody's on vacation or we just decide not to do this. Uh, But this is a podcast that we have been doing for a number of years, and we are actually a tech company, aren't we, Steve? We are. We are JSL Solutions. And we, go ahead. We provide streaming products, uh, church management systems, church websites, and mobile apps. And uh, we also love to help churches and ministries and so even though we are a tech company uh, we do talk a lot about things that enable and encourage pastors volunteers those kinds of of uh, positions and and people involved in ministry and uh, today we're not actually going to talk about tech stuff but we're going we've actually got a special guest in the studio today yeah in his studio it's actually his office we came to him that's right we have microphones and we will travel Yes. And we do that very well. So our guest is David Drum, and David is a, a pastor here in town. Do you consider you still consider yourself a pastor? Yes, I'm just in a non-traditional setting. Exactly, and that's yep. what we want to talk to you a little bit about today, because what you're doing is very unique, it's very different, and I have, uh, quite frankly, I'm not familiar with anybody else that's doing it outside of Tucson, Arizona. But first, let me give you a little background on Dave. Dave has been a pastor and is a pastor and has been doing it for, for what, over 20 years? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in one church for 21 years. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then they fired you. No, I'm just Something kidding. like that, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, Dave's written a couple books. One of them is Jesus' Jesus's Surprise Strategy. And then uh, the other one is If It Was Easy, Jesus Wouldn't Have Prayed For It. That's the last one you wrote, or is this yes, the, that the first that's one? The that's the last one. It just one came out a couple months ago. All right, great. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. But those are available, what, on Amazon? They're on Amazon. They're available also through the Fort Tucson website. Okay. All right, well, we're going to talk about Fort Tucson because uh, in addition to, to being a lead pastor uh, for many years, you are now with an organization. You are actually the full-time director of what's called the Church Development Module or... Yeah, I'm the full-time director of the church domain. Okay, church domain, and uh, uh, which uh, might be a little confusing to some people, but but the but the ministry or the we'll organization. Make it clear. What's that? We'll make it clear. Yeah, make it clear, and and but the organization is for Tucson. Yep, the number four Tucson. The number four, and then Tucson.com is the website. So for Tucson.com, and uh, this is pretty unique because uh, you guys are are out to to change your city. So. I'll let Steve on in on the conversation here in a moment, uh, but I'm just going to ask you, in a nutshell, can you describe what For Tucson is? Right. Uh, For Tucson is a uh, a ministry that um, one way to talk about it is we're the part that connects the parts. So there's a lot of different parts in the body of Christ, a lot of different ministries, churches, nonprofits, Christians in multiple sectors, but they tend to stay isolated from each other. And so our job is to connect the parts, but then for a strategic purpose, and that purpose would be city transformation. We want to see Tucson bring honor and glory to God, um, which will then also bless everybody who lives here. So you're working at the city level to bring, so the parts would be churches and ministries throughout town, 
and you're kind of above that trying to coordinate, integrate, uh, get everybody rowing in the same direction for the benefit of the whole town at the town or city level, right? Is that a way to describe it? Yeah, that'd be a way to describe it. We've, um, we're working with organizations like churches and nonprofits or Christian schools, uh, uh, organizations like that. But more than that, we're working with every individual Christian um, who some of them work in those settings, but the vast majority of them are teachers or people in business or in government or healthcare. Those are what we call our domains. Okay. So when we bring individuals together in the domains where they have experience and relationships and training, then we can be salt and light throughout the entire city. And that's the first part of Fort Tucson's strategy. Okay. Is there a is there a domain dedicated to city government or yes. is that, that Okay. We have 12 domains. Government okay. is one of the 12. Church is the one that I lead. It's one of the 12. Okay. What are some of the others that... Education. Okay. It's all 12. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't have to give us all 12. Yeah. I'll, uh, we'll we'll see how many of them I remember without <laughs> looking at one of our graphics. So um, government, uh, philanthropy, education, media arts, prayer, education, church, Business, healthcare, sports, justice. That might be all twelve. Yeah, and so, so you've got a domain leader for each of these separate domains, and so right. the government one would be working with government city leaders and that sort of thing too. Yep. All levels of government. Right. Okay. So, and education will be working with uh, the school districts and. Public schools, private schools, charter schools, um, all levels of, of education, individual teachers, administrators, parents. Okay. And what, what – let's just take education, for example. Right. What, what's, the, what's the driving purpose or what are you – you know, are you trying to bring the gospel to the, the education domain or is it – what is it? Sure. Well, um, we've set a goal. Uh, it's an audacious goal. Most of our goals tend to be that way. Um, we would love to see um, the the schools in Tucson be in the top 10% in the country. Now, we're nowhere close to that. Yeah, we're like 49th, right? Pretty well, yeah. So, But we'd like to, we'd like to see that change. Um, that would bring honor and glory to God, um, but it would benefit every every student in our city it would change the whole economy of the city there's all kinds of things it's it's like the old adage that you know when the tide rises it brings all the boats with it so that would be true in every one of the domains but in education that would be that's the big goal that we'd like to see so along the way then um christians uh we've got churches that come along so so within each domain there's activity but a lot of the real transformation happens when you bring domains together. Okay. So the intersection of the church domain, the prayer domain, and the education domain is what creates church school partnerships. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, what that means practically is that there's a local school, probably the church that's nearest to it comes alongside that school, prays for the school, says it gets to develop a relationship, says what do you need? How can we help you? You don't have to believe like I believe to care about what I care about. So we're not only talking about Christian schools, but public schools. They've got tremendous needs. And so when a church comes alongside and says, how can we help? There's all kinds of practical ways that that happens. In the process then, we do that 
Fort Tucson is unapologetically centered on Jesus. We're a Christian organization. The people that we mobilize are Christians. Everybody knows that. Um, so in the process, you get many opportunities to build relationships and share the gospel. But that's not the calling card. The right. calling card is how can we help? How right. can we serve you? Do, do you run into, uh, because like just as Steve asked you about, how does this practically work with the, um, you know, churches helping schools right what do you run into any issues with conflicts because of the separation yep. you know church and state and no prayer in public school I right mean, how, how do you handle that and how does that work yeah well it's a really good question and it's a question that comes up every single time that we talk about church <laughs> right. school partnerships so um a couple of different ways to to talk about that um we kind of work bottom um, bottom up and top down. So bottom up would be a church coming to a school that's in their neighborhood, one-on-one, develop a relationship. And it's going to depend a little bit on the principal or who the person is. Mm-hmm. If that person happens to be somebody who's had terrible experiences with Christians and wants nothing to do with them, that's going to be hard to get right. going very far. Right. Um, top down is that Bernadette Gruber, who's the education domain director, I'm the church domain director, we meet with superintendents and staffs. And so part of the training that we provide is what are the laws on what you can do and what you can't do. There's actually a whole lot more that Christians can do than what most people think we can. Oh yeah, that's for sure. And and so um, it's actually, at this stage of the game, it's harder to convince churches that schools want them than it is to convince schools that they'd like help. Um, so we have more schools seeking church partners than we have churches. Really? Yeah. We we are now at a place where we have over 80% of the public schools in Tucson have a church that's adopted them. And so just to be clear, that's 80 as in 8-0, not 8%. Wow. It's, it's the new normal. Um, we Because we we have earned the trust of school districts because part of the training that we do is here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. We provide that training for superintendents and school districts, but we also provide it for churches. Here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. Um, our job, we want to make their job easier, not harder. Now, when you build trust, then that opens up all kinds of other doors. So we've got Christians that have been invited to serve on the policy setting groups of districts um, be part of the team that calls the principal we were just invited to be part of a, a, a community-wide um, steering team for a superintendent of a school district that's the place where we can actually start to make a significant difference in shaping policy but on an individual basis when a church comes alongside a school prays for them um, maybe provides meals that bring uh, raise the morale of the staff Maybe it's mentoring. Maybe it's tutoring. All it takes is a couple of good stories where um, we've got two of those early on where we had two schools that were D-ranked schools that went to B-ranked schools in one year because of the church school partnership. All it takes is a couple of those stories, and principals would have to be foolish to say not interested um, because these are people who – are there ideally um they're there selflessly they're not seeking credit all the values that we have in the christian church and in the kingdom are are godly values everybody would appreciate those 
So if we do that, and if we do it well, then it just opens up all kinds of additional doors. Wow, that's super. So going back to, you said 80%, 80% of all the schools, so we're talking elementary, middle, high school, have... A, at least one is there an op- is there opportunities where multiple churches were sponsoring? Many times there's multiple churches that are working with the same school, mm-hmm. but eighty percent of the public mm-hmm. schools it's actually now over that mark. But it, uh, a year ago it was eighty percent um, of the public schools in our city have a church that has come alongside them on a regular, ongoing basis to say how can we help? We want to be part of the solution. What it's led to is that we have multiple school districts, including the three largest school districts in our city, who now regularly hold pastor appreciation events, Mm. breakfasts or lunches, to Mm -hmm. say to the Christian community, um, we have so appreciated the help that you've provided, Mm -hmm. and here's 10 more areas where we'd love to have your help. So, digging, I'm just curious on this. My wife is a teacher, so So (laughs) so maybe it's a natural... (laughs) Um, deal here, but uh, as the churches sponsor a school, mm-hmm. and they may like my wife, she, she comes home some days and she's like, "Wow, all our all the kids got Chick Fil A sandwiches for lunch," right. and I'm like, "Well, where did that come from?" She goes, "I'm not sure. Yep, I don't know." And um, I'm thinking, well, now I'm talking to you, I'm thinking maybe their, their sponsored church probably bought them lunches for everyone, the yep. staff and the kids yep. and, and everyone, but there wasn't. She didn't know who provided it. And is that, I mean, are there guidelines between, you know, you can't let them know that, you know, the Baptist church down the road just bought all these things for us and the kids run home to their parents and say, hey, the Baptist church down here, you know. No, that's not a guideline um, in terms of of a legality. It would be fine for them to know. But we have often trained churches, the less credit you seek, um, the more More. credit the school tends to give you. So that's just a principle. It's not a law. It's just it's it's kind of selfless. Um, unconditional service and and the more of that that we do we've got story after story Um, one of the schools where uh, the church that came alongside them they didn't have anybody in that church that was either a student or a teacher at that school and so all the buzz we had one of our teachers um, the one of the teachers at that school shared this story at one of our big citywide events so all the buzz in the teachers lounge when this first started was what's a, uh, what do they want what's what's yeah. the real yeah, <laughs> what? there's got to be a, a got to be a catch here somewhere and uh, after several months of its just selfless service this this church happened to meet in the school so they were renovating the the multipurpose room but with the understanding that it stays with the school. They benefit mm-hmm. from it while they're there, but right. uh, um, when they leave, it's the schools. Um, and so as a gift to the school that they get a little bit out of, but the school gets to use um, all during the week. Wow. And so when, when more and more uh, of the faculty found out that, no, they just, they're just here to help us, then there were two teachers from that school that said, well, gosh, it's been a long time since I've been in a church. If that's what... Christ followers look like, I'd like to go check that out. So they did. Um, Your earlier question, do we have resistance in this? A couple of our stories in one of the larger school districts in town, the very first time that we were meeting with all the department heads, there was one person who um, their body language was not subtle. (laughs) They were, uh, how soon can the Christians get out of our space was pretty clearly what was screaming. (laughs) Um, and so after a few months where this was a person that was working in, 
in an area of working with a lot of homeless kids and kids that are at risk and dropping out and all that. Um, so she came with a couple of needs. The church met the needs. Like six months later, she made this statement at one of our meetings. Um, you know, around here, every time I ask for something, the answer is always no. But when I ask you Christians, the answer is always yes. Wow. Well, that's a pretty nice. cool testimony. Yeah. So fast forward a couple months later, um, and we're there. We meet with them every month. We've been doing it now for five years. Um, so a couple months later, this this was her and one other person. Their comment was, you know, the, the morale around here is so low. It's so hard. The best day of our month is the day that you Christians show up. Wow. That's wow. interesting. So one more. <laughs> so... So then the next year, uh, we do trainings around town and um, to some ministry alliance and other things. And so she starts coming to some of our trainings. And uh, I'm not making this up. <laughs> um, she, uh, she comes to Bernadette and myself after one of the trainings. She's got tears streaming down her face. We're a Christian organization, and we've not apologized for that. So here's, here's what she says to us. She says, you know, um, I don't quite know how to describe it, but I've... I've discovered that I've got this hole in my heart. And when I'm around you Christians, it gets filled up. But then when I leave, I can't find a way to sustain that. Is that something you think you could help with? <laughs> so, you know, we didn't have to think too long in terms <laughs> of how say. to answer that question. <laughs> so this same person has now retired from the district and is in another community and starting church school partnerships wow. in that community. So we've got a lot of those kinds of individual stories. So you combine the individual stories with the big uh, organizational stories where whole schools are transformed. Um, And and then it it becomes its own own motivator. Now all the momentum is on the side of this is a good thing and how can we open up more doors. So this is just one domain. You you spotted off about 12 domains that for Tucson – deals with. Uh, I saw Paul Parisi the other day. I've known Paul for a long time, Yep, back in the radio days. Uh, we, I don't know, I think one of his businesses or something. Yep. And Paul is the government. director of the government domain. Correct. Can, can you just very quickly, how does that work? How does Paul get his nose yeah. involved? Uh, that sounds kind of a derogatory <laughs> term, but how does he get involved? How does he get involved in the government? I mean, I, I've prayed at, uh, we have a Pima County Board of Supervisors. Sure. They have a meeting once a month, and right. I've prayed, done the opening yes. deal, and so I've seen them there. Yep. So so tell us how the government domain works. So the secret sauce to all of this is pretty simple. It's all about relationships, and there's no shortcut to relationships. Yeah. So the same kind of training that any Christian would receive in a church on, on, on anything, how do you build relationships? Well, apply that. So right. in the government domain, Paul builds relationships. And so he builds relationships. It's nonpartisan, builds relationships with, with people who are elected officials. It's actually part of what the New Testament tells us that we need to be doing. When we're <laughs> praying for people in, in positions of authority, part of that is you can pray more effectively for them if you know them. And so you build relationships. Relationships, and so then we get the opportunity to pray with them personally, as well as for for their sphere of influence. So Paul builds relationships. So I'll connect the dots between where we just were. Um, we'd been doing the church school partnerships, um, right. which is church domain, education domain, prayer domain. Those three working together. We'd been doing that for a few years, and we get a call from Department of Child Safety. 
So that's CPS, Child mm-hmm. Protective Services, or Department of Child Safety, right. renamed recently in Arizona. And here was the here's the conversation. Quote the Pima County Director. Um, I was just with her Monday. <laughs> um, she says, "We've heard how your churches have adopted schools. Would you consider adopting us too? Because we're in a world of hurt and could really use some help." Well, that's so, for sure. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. That was a wide open door for the Christian church to step alongside. The way it started was to step alongside Department of Child Safety offices. They've got nine different offices around town. A church could come alongside and adopt that staff. What do you need? How can we pray for you? Sometimes it's something as simple as they're all overworked. They're having to do all their paperwork on volunteer hours on the weekends. Provide a pizza lunch for them. It's the first time anybody in the community has ever done anything positive for them. Wow. Um, and so there's tears that come from something right. as simple as a church bringing in a lunch to say, thanks for caring for some of our most vulnerable families in the community. Wow. Well, that has directly led to a government church partnership, Department of Child Safety church partnership. It's called Care Portal, okay. where caseworkers for Um, Department of Child Safety, they go into a home, maybe a child is about to be removed, maybe there's a possibility for a kinship placement or something like that, Um, and the only thing holding it back is fill in the blank. Grandma could take care of these kids, but she doesn't have a car seat. Um, The house has bed bugs, and they don't have the ability to take care of that. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't have any ability. There's no money. They're Mm -hmm. so strapped for funds. But a church could come alongside, pray into that need if they can help. So a church's commitment in Care Portal is we'll receive the requests, we'll pray for the requests, and we'll help if we can help. Wow. In one year's time, 1,200 um, children in our community were directly impacted by wow. Care Portal because of a partnership with the church. The foster care numbers in Pima County, for the first time in anybody's recollection, actually dropped. They'd always grown in terms mm-hmm. of the number of kids in foster care. Right. And one of the my favorite statistics out of all that, they, they do surveys. And so it's, it's like, <laughs> like uh, uh, evaluating a restaurant. So they had, I don't remember what it was, 800 reviews or something like that from DCS caseworkers. 100% positive rating from from the the government. So that is government, social services, and church partnership. Those three domains working together. Wow. So you you can just imagine, take 12 domains, imagine all of the partnerships that you could come come up with Mm -hmm. between any two of the domains, as well as what happens within a domain, within the church domain. We've got churches that are African-American, Hispanic, and Anglo that have never even met one another, and now we're all best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just within our domain. So you can easily begin to see how you take 12 domains, all the work that could happen within the domain, but then all the work that happens in the partnership of the domains, it's not hard to see how you'd see transformation at a citywide level. But that's actually just the first part of our strategy, (laughs) that (laughs) domains is part one. Okay. So we may need to do a part two here one of these days because uh, we're, we're running out of time. So if people are listening to this podcast, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure there's some of them going, wow, that's pretty incredible. How could I get something like this going in the city I live? Right. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes. Okay. Where would they start? I mean, we could certainly send people to you yep. and to the website. but Well, um, 
the the website is a good place to start. One of the things that you'll find already Which and was uh, for Tucson.com. The number four Tucson.com. Okay. It's pretty simple, but it's the number four. So number four Tucson.com. Um, you'll find a lot of information on the website, but um, we have a couple of resources that are dev- designed to help with this. We would say in Tucson, I just shared this story, um, we actually were invited up to Phoenix just on Saturday with that exact same question. It's called Movement Day, and the question was, how do you start a city movement? And here was our story. So we did a workshop up there at this statewide gathering. Um, And so we're getting asked that question more and more. So we believe that one of the places that it starts is with pastors praying for one another. You would think that would be simple. <laughs> um, it takes the faith to move mountains. Um, to actually, that's why the second book that I wrote was called "If It Was Easy, Jesus Wouldn't Have Prayed for It." Um, so it's not quite as simple as it sounds. But the reason, actually, that I wrote the two books that I wrote was not only to help in Tucson, but in some other communities. So right. those are resources that are available okay. on the website. Okay. If you go to the store site, you'll see them both there. Okay. Um, our our founder, Mark Harris. Is his book will be done in a couple more months, and it's more of a manual on what we've done and how another community could replicate it okay, if they want great. to. That'll be available pretty soon. And then all of us are available. We talk to people from other cities all along the time. One more quick commercial, <laughs> depending on who else <laughs> listening for this. Um, we kind of feel like we've learned enough now in the last seven years that we have some things that we can share. And so we're offering our very first um, national conference in January, um, January 28th of 2018, last Saturday of January, will be a a conference for Tucson folks. It will take you not from theory, but straight into engagement. Here's how you can make a difference in the second part of our strategy. We're working on poverty reduction and education. That'll be another podcast. Wow! But uh, you, everybody can make a difference in those two areas. And yeah. so for Tucson folks, it'll show you how. The yeah. goal is that when you walk out, you'll say, here's my part of the big picture of yeah. what God's doing in our city. Wow. For folks from other communities, um, there's a city leader track that'll parallel right alongside. The Luis Palau Association is helping us with the conference and sponsoring it. And so it'll be the first of an annual yeah. um, conference that we're doing. How do you pay your bills? Um, we have individuals who partner with us for 10 bucks a month and organizations for 35 bucks a month. If people want to do more than that, they can. Okay. But uh, we want to see the whole body of Christ invested in what Jesus prayed for. Yeah. Jesus prayed in John 17 that our unity would be so complete. These are literally his words in verse 23, that the world would come to know who Jesus is and the love of the Father, the love that God has for the world. Yeah. We see that happening in our city, and so we want to see that. I, I describe my job most often as I'm an employee of John chapter 17. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so we have individuals and organizations that partner with that. Um, some, of course, want to do more than that, but we want everybody pulling on the same end of the rope. So yeah. we've set it low. Um, we, we'd love to see 100,000 people in Tucson investing in, in uh, that prayer. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Great. It's impressive. It really is. There's uh, there's lots more. It's yeah. it's really exciting. Um, uh, I'll do we have time to end with a story. Sure, go a ahead. short story. Sure, sure. So um, I was born in Tucson, so grew up here. So one of my friends that I'm working with on a citywide project that I've known since um, we I was ten and she was seven. 
Um, so she made the comment a couple of months ago after a big citywide retreat that brought together people from 25 different churches, from um, all different ethnicities, denominations. It's the coolest thing ever. And so she made the, this comment. She said, this is the first time in my life that I've been proud to call Tucson home. Because there are things happening here that are just so exciting. I can't wait to tell other people about it. And uh, a lot of us feel that way, and uh, it's all God. None of us are smart enough to think this up. So um, it's it's exciting. Awesome. All right. right. Great. Well, we're out of time, but we will return again sometime soon and and do part two. Been uh, speaking here with Reverend Dave Drum. And uh, David mentioned his books, Jesus' Surprising Strategy. You can get it at, uh, just go to four, the number four, fortucson.com, or you can get it on Amazon. The other one, if it was easy, Jesus wouldn't have prayed for it. And, and again, we've been talking about this whole thing with Fort Tucson. If you have some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Uh, just send us an email, and the, probably the simplest one is just support at streamingchurch.tv. Obviously, this was not really a tech-related podcast, but we don't always do tech-related. Inspirational, I know. Inspirational, absolutely. And and I like this. I'm very impressed. And and to me, this is what it's. To me, this is what Christianity is all about: uh, reaching out there and helping people. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So send us an email. We'd love to get your feedback on this, and we can pass any information on or questions you might have to to David. We can pass it on to him as well. And we're out of time, so I will just get us out of here. So. For David Drum and then uh, my uh, associate, Steve Lacey, across the table here, I'm Phil Thompson. We will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care.